Friends, what follows is not for the faint of heart. We bring you tales of the paranormal, human wickedness, the curious, and the bizarre. Please, if you continue, proceed with caution and an open mind. We are the Queen City Creeps. Hello and welcome to Queen City Creeps, your new favorite podcast for all things true crime, paranormal, and just a little bit weird. So Stockton is out again, so we have me... And Jennifer. Hello. Shelby. Yo. And Rachel motherfucking Johnson is back in the house tonight. Say hi, Rachel. Hey. Woo! We're very (laughs) excited. Uh, If you guys haven't tuned in before, Rachel came and talked to us about the seedy underbelly of Springfield's beginning a couple of episodes ago. She's pretty awesome, so we're really excited to have her back. I'm excited to be here. So... I'm going to start this out by saying the episode that I have today is crime related, but it's also a I Survived story. So I actually heard about this on I Survived. So before I get into this gross, terrible details, I want to hear about something that you guys have survived or your closest near-death experience. Not really anything like super near-death, but because I'm just like not a risk taker kind of person. Shocker. Just, you know, I like to stay Mm -hmm. at home and Mm -hmm. just by myself avoid essentially death. yeah avoid death <laughs> like you should um but Lame. my the closest thing <laughs> i've probably come to i guess is that i got into a car wreck when i was probably i guess i think 19 and um i was by myself going um, around the st louis area to visit one of my friends from college and it was like our summer break or whatever and um like i got into the wreck and then we're waiting for like police to arrive at the scene and then the cop whenever they were right near my car they were like your car is smoking like you need to get out and I was like wait what like I just (laughs) thought it was hot like what what's happening so I like like I got just my purse and my phone essentially and then I had like my suitcase and everything that I was like I mean I was visiting my friend for a weekend so I had all of my things And I got out and went to, like, near the cop car. And then, like, over the next, like, couple minutes, my car just burst into flame. Holy shit. So if that cop hadn't gotten there and just told me. I mean, I think I would have noticed that it was, like, in flames. But, I mean, that was my near death, I guess. And this car accident is the reason that Jennifer now drives, like, a 90-year-old woman all the fucking time. Correct. It's insane. It's and not it's so that safe, bad. but it's super fucking annoying. Not a risk taker. Not a <laughs> not risk taker. I just need to get you business cards. It says Jennifer Brown. Not a risk taker. <laughs> and then on the other side, it can be like our Queen City logo. So there'll be like our right. business cards. Yeah. Obviously. I like this. We'll do it as a tax write off. You guys, this will be great. Yes. Perfect. Rachel, do you have well, anything? Um, I kind of sprung this on you. I'm sorry. Yeah, no. Uh, I don't know that I. To, to my knowledge, I haven't had any like, like one second or die experiences. Would um, you like to? <laughs> oh, I mean, then I'll have a story for our podcast. So, um, I a few years ago, I let an ear infection like go unattended for a while, and it got to a point where my fever was 104 degrees, which is like when you're supposed to go to the hospital. Um, but the thing was, like, when you have 104 degree fever your brain is like delusional and like I went home 
and I got in bed with all my clothes, my shoes, and everything on, and I called the guy I was with at the time, and I was just like, yeah, I don't feel very good. And he came, <laughs> and, like, we got groceries, and then I was like, maybe I should go to the doctor, and we went there, and she was like, your temperature is 104, you shouldn't go to work, you shouldn't, like, have gone grocery shopping, and I was like, oh, ha, ha I'm fine, because, like, <laughs> I was, like, fever delusional, and yes. she was like, I'm going to write you a letter. And you need to look at it in the morning and don't go to work. And so, <laughs> no. so that was the time I almost like fried my brain with my fever. But that's I'm nice. here to tell the tale. So nice. <laughs> Not bad. High temperatures are always like a great way to just feel really good about yourself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I'm a big idiot. I mean, that's <laughs> a story. Okay. I, I, I will say this. I've, I've put myself in a lot of really stupid situations over the course of my lifetime. And and I. I love the stories. Don't get me wrong. The stories mm-hmm. are my babies. The stories yeah. are that they're the that they're the were gotten draw. by the dumbest things I've ever done. <laughs> um, I have had guns pulled on me, knives pulled on me. Uh, I actually try had to basically beat a guy with his own shoe one time. <laughs> <laughs> but the near death experience that I will chalk up to my own stupidity more than anything else uh, was because I followed my dick. A little too far. Like you do. Like yeah. I do. So I was at a party at a friend of mine's house. Older house. Had kind of a balcony off the back. Kind of, it was over like a lean-to part of the house, basically, that you could access from a door on the second story. And we were all kind of out there. There were probably 20 people on this weird little lean-to thing that definitely shouldn't have supported that much weight. But so mm-hmm. be it. We were, we were drunk. We're lighter that way, I guess. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Science. And I'd been chatting with this girl for a little while, and it was like, hey, do you want to go find somewhere where we can talk? You know that line. I love yes. those conversations. Yeah, she asked me. Oh. Yeah. Shelby's getting some nookie tonight. So anyway. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, but like, where is that? Because this this party is two stories of just drunk idiots raging. Yeah. Like, bedrooms are all occupied, whatever. So it's like, well, there's this little alcove that you can get up onto the roof. Oh. Like, cool. Roof no time. I'm into it. There. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No one will notice you. and <laughs> I was I was into it, put it that way. And mm-hmm. We trek our way up this roof, and and basically where the roof flattens out, there's kind of a dormer window. Mm-hmm. You, you've seen this before, so steeper roof, dormer window. Okay, yeah. The dormer window is about six feet by six feet, probably. So I fit uncomfortably there, but we're laying there just looking at the stars, talking, which was not what I expected when she said, "Do you want to find somewhere to talk?" <laughs> but here I find myself. And we were kind of, you know, half-ass, cuddle up, whatever. I fall asleep. Oh. Because I'm horizontal and drunk. That's how that works. <laughs> Even when you're snuggled? Especially when yeah. I'm snuggled. No. My God, so much more. Anyway. You guys I, need to drunk snuggle better. I, Just I, saying. I, I drunk some snuggling point, makes me fall asleep, too. Yeah. That's not what it does to me, I guess. <laughs> You're not drunk enough. Is Sorry. snuggling a code word for you? Or, like, are we talking about real snuggling? Because it's like adult. I'm talking about weird? adult cuddles. You mean, like, the, you mean like that spooning thing where they just poke you with their boner until you're just like, oh, fucking Until pay. you fall asleep. Yeah. 100% yes, that might be what I'm okay. thinking about. Okay. Then that would make sense. That would make more sense. Okay. God, we have all cuddled so differently. Hey, well, turn- now everyone will describe their cuddling style. Yes. <laughs> it turns out, though you might not expect this, I'm a fucking gentleman. And oh. I, won't, I won't just poke you until I get what I want. I'll wait for you to decide that's what you're into. Anyway. There you go. Shelby, that doesn't surprise me at all. So anyway, back to the story at hand. <laughs> I fall the fuck asleep. Mm-hmm. And I've apparently broken away from the snuggling situation just enough to roll down the roof. Oh, shit. 
Shelby. Was, was she still on the roof? Oh, yeah. She's like oh, peeking okay. over the dormer window like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. Don't, don't take him, Jesus. I love him. Or whatever. Like, um, So anyway, I, I come off this roof and I, the, the best way I can describe it is I land in a V and the bottom of that V <laughs> oh my is my asshole. Oh. I mean, like straight up pinpoint, just right on my sphincter, and I flatten out and like nail my head on the driveway, and I'm just oh. laying there thinking I'm I'm dead. There's no <laughs> way I'm not dead. So I just I just fell like Aww. 17 feet onto a gravel driveway wow. in in the worst possible position. Um, yeah. So anyway, I'm just kind of laying there for a little while, and uh, my buddy who was having the party apparently also witnessed this from the weird little balcony thing, and decided to poke his head over and go, "You okay?" <laughs> Like, yeah, I'm fucking great. Bring me a beer. Like I just laid there for like two hours. You know, you wouldn't have fallen asleep if you guys had been on a gazelle exercise machine. That would Solid. be a callback to a recent episode where we've been trying to figure out the physical constraints of exercising. While boning? While boning, yeah. Listen, guys, if you have any ideas about this, like if you, like us, have been thinking about this for weeks at a time, let us know. Like, hit us up on social media. Email us. Whatever you need to do. Because I, I want a diagram. Yeah, send us. I don't want to see you doing it personally. No, please but send I us crudely drawn diagrams. Yes. That's what we really want out of this. Perfect. Like an instruction manual. Exactly. I, I need like a legend for measurements just to give me an idea of what kind of scale we're working with here. <laughs> yep. 100%. Okay. So anyway, that's, that's, how, uh, that's how my love life tried to kill me for the 14th Aww. time or whatever. So, I could talk about car accidents. I've been in a couple. But what I think I really want to talk to you about is my experience as a 10-year-old girl at Girl Scout camp. I, I was a Girl Scout for a number of years. Loved it. Went to camp for two or three weeks every summer. Got away from my siblings. It was great. And there was always a bunch of, like, different opportunities to do really cool stuff. So, like, one summer it was, like, a bicycling excursion and you did all the stuff. And one was, like horseback riding camp and you got to do all this well the last year that i went to girl scout camp i went i think it was my last year whatever uh to this thing called avenues to adventure and you had to be an older girl scout to do it uh you got to go rappelling you went on hikes you went on like overnight trips and the great thing is that you were the furthest from like the main part of the camp and you got to sleep in a motherfucking tree house there were four girls in a tree house And it was basically, I mean, it was like a little cabin raised like a good probably 10 feet off the ground, like nothing crazy. And you had to go out a trap door every morning. It was so cool. Like to this day, would love to go do that. Now, because it was so far from the main part of camp, there was no running water. So there was definitely an outhouse that you had to use. And because it was for the older campers only and for that like kind of session is my understanding... It didn't get used that often. Like, you couldn't just rent that part of the camp and go stay there like you could other ones. Um, So the outhouse was really fucking rough, right? Yeah. So people make jokes about women always going to the bathrooms together, and it's probably because of shitty situations like this where you are legitimately, literally (laughs) shitty, where you are scared to go in there because Lord knows what's going to come up and bite you in the ass. Yeah, literally. So... Um, I went with a good friend of mine. Her name was also Sarah. And I remember going into the bathroom and there, like, you'd walk in the doors together and there wasn't, like, stall doors. It was just, like, a kind of split screen between the two, sort of. Mm -hmm. So you were sitting next to each other. Which is good because it was terrifying. It's like a confessional booth, but full of shit. 
Yeah, basically. More, more full of shit. Yeah, and it was horrible and it was smelly. And, like, we would try and hold it for as long as you possibly could before you went up and went to, like, polar bears or whatever in the morning. And she was at the one closest to the door. And I was on the further side. And she lets out this, like, we're both in there doing our business. And she lets out this scream and runs out of the port of, or, like, out of the outhouse. And I'm like, the fuck is happening right now? Like, what is happening? Um, so I, I sit there for a second and try to hear, and I can hear like a rustling kind of, and I don't know what's going on. So you're still sitting yeah, there? Yeah, because I didn't know what was going on, and I was in the middle of peeing. <laughs> so I- so you gotta finish I that. finish up really fast, yeah. which you guys make fun of me for peeing fast, but it you came, do. it comes in handy, you guys. And I like keep as close to the wall as possible and like run out there. Well, it turns out there was a giant snake, like- and when I tell the story, when she, for a long time, told the story, we were sure it was, like, a cotton mouth or something. Because we're in Missouri, and they are everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, it was probably just, like, a really big black snake. But it had crawled up in, like, the eave gutter thing. Because the top part of it was actually open. And she could see it. And it, like, came halfway down the wall to where she was. Mm-hmm. And she, like, full tilt ran out and just left me. Like, we're not friends anymore because of this. Just long longtime listener, first time caller situation. <laughs> you talked about being afraid of snakes coming up through the toilet. Uh, yes. Yes. Exactly. That's Stockton. Stockton, Stockton yeah. is the worst nightmare. I'm scared of that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I've used a lot. I mean, I'm from, like... Not super rural Missouri, but I've used a porta potty in my day. Yeah, it's terrifying. Mm-hmm. So that that is my closest near death experience is that I almost died by a snake. That is terrifying. The fact that she didn't yell snake, she just, yeah, or right. she just screamed and ran out <laughs> no. and like didn't get a counselor, didn't do anything, just like stood out there waiting for me. I mean, I <laughs> she did, probably thought you were going to run out. She'll right either after her. die I, by the snake no. or come out eventually. Yeah, <laughs> I I will tell you, I did not use that bathroom the rest of the time that we were there i held it like so long it was bad it was so bad i probably got like a uti or something (laughs) but it was it was so scary did you kick her out of the sarah club at that point no Um, we did have a sarah club but she was still a member but she was a sarah without an h so yeah they can't be trusted that tells you what kind of sarah she was so it's everything i needed to hear yep I, so, I didn't go to Girl Scout camp, but I did go to Dare camp when I was a kid because that's how good at not doing drugs I was. Wow! Whoa. <laughs> so you got invited to a camp? <laughs> yeah. Or was it for the kids that they're like, she needs a little extra reassurance? Like, mm. we're worried about her choices in life. I don't. Uh, at this point in time, all I remember is like I still have like a duffel bag that has the Dare logo on it. Yes. And I use that for. Carrying my weed in. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I don't really remember Dare Camp. I was way too high. Yeah, right. I got this cool duffel bag, though. Yeah. No, no. All right. Well, guys, like I said, this is a story about a survivor. Um, and she's she is awesome. And she's a pretty inspirational person. And I'm really excited to talk about it. So the year was 1978. And Mary Vincent had run away from home. Um, she was raised in Las Vegas. She was the middle of seven children. Her father was in the military. And she's never said that he was abusive. But her sister warned her that her father was on his way home because he had a migraine and he was specifically mad at Mary. And so she ran away from home. 
if that gives you a context of what the situation was. Right. She just named his headache Mary after she left. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So she spent some time, you know, away. She'd been away for maybe, like, two weeks tops. She'd spent some time with her boyfriend's family in Sausalito, California, which we're in. We're in California when this happens, just so we know. Um, She'd spent some nights sleeping on the street after they'd had a fight. Um, She spent time with her uncle, like, kind of further south in California, and then was planning on... On the morning of September 28th, like, she was done with it. She was ready to just go home, whatever. Like, she was going to spend some time with her grandfather and then head back to her parents' house. She was absolutely done. And she was, like, 15 years old at this point. So, 1978, hitchhiking, still a thing that people do, which we would never fucking do now, because that's a horrible idea. Yes. Shelby, have you hitchhiked before? No. Never? Are you being sarcastic? Like, can't read your face. I, I have hitchhiked. Okay, I have never have. <laughs> Pretty sure they tell you not to do that in dare camp. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, if I'd been invited, maybe. Well, <laughs> shouldn't have done so many drugs. Great. <laughs> <laughs> so Mary was standing alongside the road with two other hitchhikers. She was clutching her sign, like pointing to Vegas, and this dude pulled up in a dark blue van. I mean, let's be real. It was probably like a kidnapper van, but it was 1978. They didn't know what those were at the time. Yeah, they didn't know that was a thing. That was just a normal van. (laughs) Um, And it seemed like the van was entirely empty except for a single bag. And a waterbed. <laughs> no, that would be amazing. That would not be amazing. This not I know, story. but like for the story's sake, like it would be pretty cool. We've had discussions about water beds it's, before. It's a running thing, anyway. Okay, so he tells all the hitchhikers that yeah, he's got this ginormous van. And it only has one bag, but he only has room for one of them, and it's specifically for Mary. Of course, obviously, yes, yeah. mm-hmm. and. She, as a 15-year-old girl who probably feels like she's completely invincible, she ignores the warnings of all the others, and she climbs in the van. And she said on Survive that, like, she wasn't a daredevil. She wasn't anything special. She was she was a Jennifer Brown, yeah. basically. Yeah, on her business card it says not a risk I don't think I would do that. Taker. But then again, if it had been 1978, maybe yeah. I would be dumb enough not, you know, to do that, you know. Yeah. But now, you know. She said, um... On the program I survived, I was just desperate to get home. I could not live another day out there on the street. I was alone, and I didn't want to think about what type of person he was or the situation. I was just so tired. Which, yeah, if you were 15 years old and you've been gone, I mean, that's insane. I just can't imagine Jennifer just going, hey, bro, sweet van, got room for one more? Like, that's not going to happen. I'm like, I don't trust people normally, though, and I think that's the difference between me and her. Oh, Mary, yeah. Mm -hmm. So the dude driving the van was named Larry Singleton. He was 15 years old, or 51, excuse me. He was 51 Very years old. Opposite he was of that. The, yeah, yeah. yeah. Opposite flip those numbers. You guys, numbers are hard for me, and you they know are. this. They okay. are. So he was a 51-year-old man. Um, he'd been a merchant marine, mm. um, and he was just, he was wearing, like, a button-up with blue overalls. He was a little overweight. I mean, he looked like a grandpa. Like, he looked really just non-threatening, Right. So she sits in the car, he's got music playing, it's warm, and she she falls asleep because she's slept rough for the past couple of nights. She's been on the streets. So when she woke up from her nap, she saw a road sign and she knew that they were going in the completely wrong direction. So she spoke up and she was like, hey dude, you know, I I think you're going the wrong way. And he was like, no, 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 you know, I, I'm just taking a shortcut. And she's like, no, I know that you're going the wrong way. She was trying to go from California to Vegas, right? 
Uh, she was trying to go to Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. from like Sausalito area to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And he swore up and down. He's like, listen, it's just an honest mistake. It's nothing to worry about. And again, like he's an older man. He looks like a grandfather. Like she's not really that worried. He'll just have to stop briefly to use the restroom and he'll turn right around and they'll he'll get her to Los Angeles. No problem. So they drove on for a little while longer and he pulls off the freeway down a side road so that he can he can go to the restroom. Because unlike some people, he doesn't like to go in public. <laughs> As she looks at Shelby. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Little miss, I'm going to wait out this black snake in the, uh, in the public <laughs> toilet. It's true. Is well, that, what, is that know, what you want? Given all these options, I don't know what is the safest relieving yourself option. Yeah. <laughs> He drives off the freeway, pull down like this dirt road that kind of leads toward a canyony area. Like they're out in the middle of the desert. And she realized that the area was really isolated. The road was deserted. She was pretty much fucked at this point, And she knew it. So her mind was racing. I'm young. He's old. I'm healthy. And he's not. And she knew like if given the opportunity, she could outrun him. Um, she could get away. Hopefully she could find some help on the freeway and she, she would have a chance, right? Mm-hmm. But she looked down and her shoelaces were untied. Both of them. How also like how terrifying to have to be like having that thought process. Yeah. Like yeah. all of us earlier talked about our quote unquote near death experiences and none of us had to think like, can I outrun this person or thing? Like, I had to outrun so snake. But well, I didn't oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for diminishing your yeah. situation. <laughs> Rachel, it's the same thing essentially. It, it's mm-hmm. Basically, it's not. This is no, this is fucking insane. Okay, so he had closed the door behind him to get out of the car, and as she opened her, she also bent down to like tie her shoe really fast, and that's when he hit her with a sledgehammer twice in the head. Fuck. Yeah. Where'd the sledgehammer come from? He, I guess, pulled it from the van. Like, I think or when where the he back got out was, to say maybe. he was going pee, he was actually getting that. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah but, like, if it's in the van, how did she not Who knows? see him get said sledgehammer? She was the waterbed. Probably. <laughs> right. He, it's all sloshy back there. You couldn't tell what was going on. She was on. probably right. preoccupied trying to figure out if she was going to be able to get her shoes tied. Honestly, I'd just take my shoes off at that point, personally. Yeah, but. Yeah. Okay, so I'm imagining cargo van big empty yeah. nothing in it except for this one bag mm-hmm. which apparently contains a sledgehammer that you don't know about that we, yeah. that we are now aware of but you would think he opens the door to get out he reaches into that bag are you not a little curious what's in the one bag in this van but i mean also like when you get in and it says she fell asleep so she must have been pretty exhausted like she didn't take an inventory yeah. yeah yeah it's just... blind trust man yeah would you think your grandpa's gonna hit you with a sledgehammer I, you know, I honestly, I'm not certain, <laughs> but but I know if he if he stopped to pee along the highway somewhere that I'd probably and, and then decided to get in the van for something else yeah. before urinating, I'd be a little curious what was so important in the van that he was coming back for it. That's yeah. true. Okay, so he hit her with the sledgehammer twice. Jeez. And then, and guys, this gets a little this gets a little intense, and I'm sorry, but it it gets better, and it's shitty again like really fucking shitty and then it gets even better kind of so bear with me okay so then he uh tied her hands and he raped her in the back of his van and then he climbed naked back into the driver's seat and drove even further down the road towards the canyon and there over the course of the evening he raped her repeatedly and then forced her to swallow liquor until she passed out god that's a lot of liquor yeah 
Well, I mean, I guess. So, I don't, I don't know the constitution, but still. If you were ready to oh. pass out anyway, I yeah. would say it yeah. wouldn't take much. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it was, like I said, over the course of the evening, um, she finally woke up again, and she just, like, was pleading with him, like, just set me free. Like, I won't tell anybody. Just let me go. I swear to you, I won't tell anybody. So he turned to his toolbox, which I guess was in the rear of the van, and he pulled out a hatchet. Again, he, she, I guess, didn't see this hatchet either, Shelby. It was in a toolbox. And he said, you want to be free, I'll set you free. Hmm. So he struck her in the left arm first, severing it just below the elbow. And then he hacked at her right arm, and she kicked him away. Um, and she was screaming this whole time. Well, yeah. She mm-hmm. says, because you guys, she survived this. Yeah. Yeah. She said, I felt all the pain, the sharpness, the burning, and as the blood was leaking out of my body, I felt the hot ooze just flowing out of me. I felt everything, and I was aware of everything. So he's like, he basically almost hacked both of her arms off. Yeah. And she said, by the time, or by the time that he finished the attack, Mary was pretending to be gone, like completely limp, unconscious. Um, He didn't realize that she was still alive, so he just assumed that she was dead. He dragged her body across the dirt and then threw her off an almost 30-foot cliff into a concrete culvert. Damn. So. And what was the height you fell? 17 feet? With all your limbs? I'm going to assume 17 feet with with my arms to break my fall, should I have actually put them behind me. Yeah. Yeah. So she is more badass than you, is what I'm trying to say. No, she fucking wins. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. She does. So, old Larry drove off. And she was just laying there, and she was ready to give up. And she knew that she couldn't go to sleep because if he, if she fell asleep right now, he would just do this to somebody else, and she can't let that happen. Yeah. So, Mary, the bad bitch, summoned all of her energy. She rolled up onto her elbows in the dirt to coat the wounds and stem oh off the God. bleeding and then climbed back up the 30-foot cliff. With no fucking arms. She climbed back up the cliff. Yes. So she heard traffic and she walked through the dark towards the freeway. And she walked the whole time with her arms raised up above the head because she didn't want her muscles and blood to fall out of her body. Oh my God. Right. I assume you'd lose a lot less blood if you would raise your arms up. Yeah. Yeah. That way it stays as much in your body as possible in this situation yeah like at age 15 i don't know that i would have had like at age 28 what i am right now i don't know if i would have thought of all this stuff like Mm -hmm. yeah she was had some survival on it yeah Yeah. so she gets back up to the freeway and she's walking and she's it's nighttime like she's looking for anybody and there is a red convertible with two men inside that slow down and look at her and then when they heard her call for help they drove off what? And just left her alongside the road. What shitty people. Yeah. Fuck Jeez. those guys. I'm yeah. sure that yeah. that's probably, like, haunted them their whole lives, mm-hmm. but whatever. I would like to believe so anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then two people in an RV, a man and a woman, drive up. They've gotten lost because they're not on a main freeway. They help them back into her RV. Um, They're trying to, like, help her with her wounds and stuff. And mm-hmm. then dra- race to find a phone to call the paramedics. Because obviously they have been, it's the 1970s. Right. They don't have a cell phone. Mm-hmm. So... Mary stayed awake this whole time, and when the police came, she gave a detailed description of her attacker that was good enough for multiple people to recognize him from the police sketch alone. Good. Like, once again, at 28, full health, like, could I remember 
like, could I describe in full detail what I had for breakfast this morning? Like, you I know. No. It, it's like she, like, remembered all that stuff. Like, I'm just, she's awesome. Your breakfast also didn't try to hack, well, didn't succeed in hacking <laughs> yeah. your arms off. You either. don't know what I had for breakfast. Well, <laughs> yes. You're correct, yes. You're, you're so, a fighter, I get mm-hmm, it. Yeah. But I assume in that moment you tend to kind of yeah, you're, calcify you're, that experience that's true. and then like, it's, it's just not going to leave you. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I, I would assume that a lot of that is from the trauma because she was in the middle of this and just said, okay, well, if I do survive, I need to know exactly what this piece of shit you're, looks you're, like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So after she worked with the police, um, she was fitted with prosthetics. She returned to school and was just trying to return to her normal life with their disability. But like I said, people were recognizing Larry from the police sketch alone. So he was caught. And Mary Vincent testified in court and looked him in the eye and said exactly what he did to her. Awesome. So when Larry got on the stand... And talked about what happened. He insisted that Mary was a prostitute and that he hadn't committed the crime, that somebody else had been in the car (laughs) and that she had threatened him. And he even called her a $10 a night whore multiple times while he was on the stand. What a piece of shit. So what he told people was that he had picked up the other two hitchhikers. One of those hitchhikers was also named Larry And then that Larry was the one that had done all of this to her. And he had passed out drunk in the van and he didn't know any of this had happened. FYI. So he was trying to, A, pin it on someone else, but B, like... Minimize. Because she was supposedly a sex worker that it's, like, okay that her arms got cut off. Yeah. But none of that was true in the first place. Exactly. So in... Also, you had to sleep pretty hard to not hear somebody's arms getting hacked off. Yeah. Presumably close by, but... Okay, so in March of 1979, a San Diego jury convicted Lawrence Singleton of kidnapping, mayhem, attempted murder, forcible rape, sodomy, and forced oral copulation. Can I interject? I think you said Lawrence Singleton? His Lawrence. L- legal Lawrence. name. Yep, oh, okay. Lawrence Singleton. So, yeah. O'Larry. Okay. O'Larry Singleton. O'Larry. Yes, sorry. <laughs> Lawrence, a.k.a. O'Larry. <laughs> I just feel like I should use his proper name when I talk about all the shitty stuff that yeah. he got convicted yeah. of. Well, at least the conviction itself, because that's how yeah. it would be. I mean, in, in if you want record, to look it up. that's how yeah. it would be. Yes. Obviously, this is an other Larry that did all these things while he was unaware. Mm-hmm. This is this is proper Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Yes, <laughs> so proper Lawrence. Um, so, he was sentenced to 14 years in prison. Because that was the maximum allowed by law in California at that time because he didn't kill her. Hmm. Wow, California. Nice job on that one. The the presiding judge actually remarked, if I had the power, I would send him to prison for the rest of his natural life. Yeah. But he legally could not do that. Mary said that when he was done testifying and I was leaving the courthouse, I had to pass him. And he was just inches away from her. And she heard him say to her, if it's the last thing that I do, I will finish the job. Oh, God. Yeah. And then he's going to be out in, like, 14 years. Like, yeah, she'll only be, like, in her 30s, though. Yeah. Yeah. But he'll be, I mean, 60... Six-ish? Yeah. How old was he? He was was 51 when it happened. So presumably he'd be about 66 whenever he gets out, which is not that old, but he's even more feeble at that point than he was now. But she doesn't have any arms. She's got very strong forelegs by now. (laughs) So Vincent won a $2 million civil judgment against Singleton, but she was unable to collect any of it because Singleton revealed that he was unemployed, in poor health, and oh, he only had $200 in savings. Mm-hmm. So she saw nothing. 
Yeah. What about the sweet van? Did she get the sweet I van? I don't think she got the van. God damn it. I, would you she, want the van you were sexually assaulted in? He, she could sell it, though. That she could. That's I, true. I mean, yes. But you could also burn it. Yeah. I mean, you could, you could really get your uh, frustrations out on that van, I would imagine. That's true. Okay, so, Singleton. He was given a 14-year jail term, right? Mm-hmm. He served eight years. He was paroled for good behavior, and because he was working as a teaching assistant in a prison classroom, they thought that he had been, you know, reformed. What in the fucking fuck, California? I know. Right? Yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ. This is some bullshit. Um, so he gets out, and he's on parole, and authorities tried to settle him in numerous Bay Area towns, and everywhere they tried to settle him, there were people picketing um, there were protests. There were, I mean, people would, like, throw shit at his house that were on fire. Like, it was a whole thing. Like, even if the legal system is fucked, at least the people were reacting appropriately. Oh, yeah. yeah. Sure, yeah. Every bit of that was deserved. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, anything that happened to him was deserved. In a town just 25 miles northeast of San Francisco, there were a crowd of over 500 local protesters that forced officers to move him under armed guard from into a hotel room. So they tried to move him across from, like, a city hall, but that was set with protest as well. Um, he was in an apartment in Contra Costa County and had to be removed in a bulletproof vest after 400 residents surrounded the building to protest the decision. Wow. So nobody was having it. They were like, fuck this guy. He should still be in jail. So mm-hmm. finally, the governor ordered that Singleton be placed in a trailer on the grounds of San Quentin for the duration of his one fucking year parole. And that's how long? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's insane. Mm. So all of the outrage about this sentence actually resulted in some legislation supported by Mary Vincent, and it prevents the early release of offenders who have committed a crime in which torture is used. Um, The 1987 Singleton parole led to the passage of what's called the Singleton Bill, which requires a 25-year-to-life sentence. Good. For anything involving torture. Anything involving torture. So it, it would no longer at that point just be a manslaughter charge. It is actually a yeah. torture charge among whatever yep. else you've done. Yep. Neat. Yeah. Yeah. So another thing that really just shocked people is that there was a journalist that interviewed Larry Singleton. And he said it wasn't, it wasn't even the sentence that was so insane. It was that Larry Singleton had worked all of his crimes around in his mind. That he didn't feel that they warranted punishment at all. Right before his parole, Donald Stahl, who was the county prosecutor at the time, said, I think if anything, he's actually worse now because he's taken no responsibility for what he did. He genuinely lives in a bizarre fantasy land and acquits himself each and every day. He doesn't accept his guilt and he won't ever resolve to never do it again. I mean, that's that's insane and that's bullshit. But like, I can think of people who do that on a such smaller scale every day. Like, people who are like, oh, the breakup wasn't my fault, or whatever. And, like, seeing as he didn't get super harsh sentencing, he's mm-hmm. probably just mm-hmm. that type of person who would just do that. And I guess, like, I'm glad that this is used, like, in the future, I'm glad that this is used as an example of, like, how, why we need to update our legal system, you know? Yeah. Well, don't they ask people before they release them early don't they ask them these questions of, like, do you regret what happened? Like, do they ask any of those questions? Because I feel like that's a good indicator if you're, if you're going to do it again. Even if you were good in jail, you know, like, you mm-hmm. 
were you know you didn't cause any trouble or whatever but if you don't regret it you could do it again usually Mm -hmm. parole hearings do involve questions kind of like that yeah Um, but you can play i mean you can tell them exactly what they want yeah you can walk in there and be like no no Mm -hmm. i made a big mistake definitely won't be killing any more 15 year olds or anything and like if he's been lying to himself every day he is like oh no i'm not like that you know i'm not that person that was lawrence (laughs) (laughs) i'm larry singleton okay so he serves his one-year parole at San Quentin, living in a nice little trailer, and decides to move back to his native California. So some of his neighbors say that they, be- back in California, some of his neighbors say that they believe Singleton when he claimed to have been framed for all the crimes against Mary Vincent. Others who had known him from childhood believe that whether or not he'd been framed, a man could always change, oh. right? Ugh. No. So his next door neighbor. I like how all the women in the room groaned at a man can always change. Yeah. Shelby was silent. <laughs> Sorry, Shelby. I actually just don't really know how to groan. Right. Right. Uh, I mean, in, in terms of men who rape 15 year olds and chop their arms off, I'm going to go with maybe that's a personality trait. Yeah, I think that's probably, <laughs> yes. So his next, door, Tom, his next door neighbor, Tom Bennett, said, We were scared of him at first. But every day he'd talk to you. He'd cook steaks and he would bring them to you. He fixed up his property real good. He was the neighbor you dreamed of. I started to believe him. Maybe he was framed. Uh huh. Okay. And then he's gonna go murder you. Like that's the little. He's not gonna prepping. murder Tom. He's not a fifteen-year-old girl. Mm. He might murder his daughter. He all, he, all it takes is some steaks. Yeah. And like, all yes. American. Yes. So, old Larry lived peaceably for a while. In 1990, he was twice convicted of theft. He served a 60-day sentence for stealing a $10 hat. Uh, nope, a $10 disposable camera. And then in the winter, he was stealing a $3 hat. For the sentencing hearing for the $3 hat, he described himself to the judge as just a confused, muddle-headed old man. So, they let him off. Mm. So, how... I don't know how reentry into society works whenever you get mm-hmm. out of prison, especially for something that had this kind of press coverage. Yeah. How do you even go back to court for anything at that point? I don't know. Without people just being like, oh, yeah, no, that's the guy. That's the one we've been hearing about I, for yeah. the last 15 years. It's it's just insane to me. that. It's he, in, Yeah. So then, after he got his sentencing and was let off for the $3 hat, his neighbors actually had to pull him from his van as he attempted suicide in his driveway. Why um, Why even pull him out? So Sorry. Right, exactly. Just let it happen. He was found breathing the van's exhaust through a dryer hose. He was driving a van. Mm. Again. By the way, he loves, a, he loves a good van. I'd like to believe it's the same van, but I would like to think that was also in evidence somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's probably not the same van. Probably just a new van. It's fine. Stop selling this guy vans. Okay, so he detached <laughs> a dryer true. hose to the tailpipe, and he spent about a week in psychiatric custody before returning home. Oh, n- now he gets psychiatric custody. Right. Yes. <laughs> so his, mis- his neighbor, Mr. Bennett, again, said that... Uh, Larry had told him he was just feeling really sorry for himself, and that's what happened. Okay? Poor Larry. For, sorry right. for himself for being so innocent, yeah. as he attests. Yeah, I she, guess so. She ruined his life. Is really <laughs> what oh, okay. <laughs> so three weeks after he was released from psychiatric custody, excuse me, a man that had done some renovation work for Mr. Singleton stopped by his house just to kind of touch base and make sure that everything was the way that he was expecting it. And he heard a real commotion from inside. And so he looked in the front windows, and the man saw Mr. Singleton naked in the front room, choking and punching a woman who was also nude as she cried for help. 
So a deputy responded to the man's 911 call, and he said that he knocked on the door, and Mr. Singleton was covered in blood. And the woman was dead. Mm. Oh. Shocked. The victim was identified as Roxana Hayes. She was 31. She was a Tampa resident, and she was the mother of three children. She did have a request or a pretty big arrest record that had started back in 1986. But I mean, again, you guys, this this is in the 90s now, so whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were some for prostitution. Well, and just because you've been arrested or just because you're a prostitute doesn't mean you deserve to be murdered. Absolutely, exactly. Exactly. I'm not. I'm and not saying anyone in this room thinks that. I'm just. Or anyone listening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing. I was very frustrated when yeah. I read this. Okay. So the exact cause of death was not determined, but Miss Hayes suffered multiple knife wounds on the upper body. So whatever could have been the cause of death. Okay, so why was she there at Singleton's home? He said that she was a prostitute. What a fucking surprise, considering he said the exact same thing about Mary Vincent. Exactly. But if you look this up online, immediately is she is a prostitute, and that's why she went home with him. However, she had a common-law husband. His name was Clifford Tyson. And he said that she had left her their home less than 10 minutes before to shop for groceries. Hmm. So was she also a $10 whore? Or did he adjust for inflation? I don't have any of that information. Okay. I mean, it been, <laughs> it'd been probably 15 or 16 yeah, years she, by now. Yeah, so I'm just right, curious. Yeah. But, Reaganomics and all that. So in that, that was what's so frustrating. is like in all the media coverage of this, she was just a prostitute. She was not a mother of three that was abducted. She was just a prostitute. And that's some bullshit because her husband said that she'd just left their house. So even if, I mean, it's just frustrating. Okay. So the prosecutor of the case told the New York Times, I'm not going to say he's Hannibal Lecter, but once a guy like that has a certain bent, he follows it for the rest of his life. Anytime you start a sentence off with, I'm not going to say he's Hannibal Lecter, (laughs) nothing good ever comes after that. Nothing does. Yeah. I'm not going to say he's Hannibal Lecter, but he makes a hell of a pie. (laughs) Never happened. So, uh, Mary Vincent, who has been trying to live her life this entire time, um, traveled from California to Tampa to appear at his sentencing. She again got up on stage and described her attack, reliving the whole thing, but then went on to talk about the toll that the ordeal had taken on her. Like, aside from the fact that she doesn't have any fucking arms. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, she said that she had broken bones just thanks to her nightmares. Like, she jumps up in the middle of the night and on more than one occasion has dislocated her shoulder just trying to get out of bed. Yeah. She's cracked her own ribs, like, fighting people in her sleep. She's broken her nose. Like, and it's all just because of this PTSD that she's she's living with every day. Yeah. So... Um, there was enough evidence, and because they're in Florida, and Florida's awesome, the judge sentenced Singleton to death. Good. However, uh, Larry Singleton died of cancer on death row. Come on, Florida. Before, before, um, he could be put to death. So, Mary said this, and this is how I'm going to end it, because I feel like this is a good summation of everything. She just said that I needed to know what was in that dark soul. I felt like I was robbed of that opportunity, but because of my sons, because she has two grown sons by this point, uh, I saw the relief on their faces and that made me realize, okay, that's good enough closure for me. And I don't have to worry about my son's lives anymore. 
Yeah. Because she lived in fear every day of her life that he was going to come after her and her children and the people that she cared about. Yeah, I bet. I mean, I would be really fearful just because he said that, I mean, whenever he was going to jail that he was going to come after her. Yeah. So, yeah, I would be fearful for my kids. I'm glad she got some closure. Yeah. yeah. And she she's kind of awesome. Um, She did have a little bit of a rough go for a while, like you would, but... She ended up in her second marriage. I mean, it's what seems to be like a really fulfilling relationship. She does have, I think, two two sons that are grown by this point, and actually makes a living painting. That's awesome. Like she was never like really with her feet or no with her prosthetic arms. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, she said that she was never really an artistic person, and for the longest time, like could barely write a grocery list. But she found a lot of peace doing that, and now that's kind of what she's known for and her Hmm. art pieces can go for like two thousand dollars a piece sometimes depending on the size and it's i mean she makes a decent living that way so she's still alive right she is still alive yeah 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 and like i said a lot of this information um there was a new york times article about like the sentencing and everything but there's a really great i survived episode about her too where she is actually on screen telling you about like what her experience was so i thought that was really cool so that is the story of Mary Vincent, the survivor of Larry Singleton's attack. And that's all I have. I guess we're to assume that Larry Singleton didn't do this to anyone else and just wasn't caught. I mean, we don't know. Right. I mean, he was in jail for a while. I think, I don't know. I'm pretty conflicted about the whole thing. I mean, you always hear about guys that, like, they're so used to to being in jail that they find ways to go back to jail mm-hmm. right he got he got an apartment at san quentin after he got out of jail so I yeah mean, not that, that was his choice necessarily but that's right. that's how it went for but him but i, I mean down. Well, I, i'm sure that he had a background I, I can't imagine that he didn't have a background of like hurting yeah. women to a certain extent i, I feel like kind of i feel background. like your your first go you don't kidnap a person and hack off her aren't like that's that's not your first time at the rodeo. Right, that's not no. step one. Exactly. Yeah. So that makes me think that he potentially got away with it a number of times before this happened. Yeah, and if he was, mm-hmm. like I said, like a, mer- what was it, Merchant Marine or something? Right. Like, mm-hmm. he traveled around, like, there wouldn't be a good way, especially at that time frame, to kind of track all of that. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, especially sounds like, I mean, even if they're, you know, a lot of people who kill have kind of a way that they do it mm-hmm. and, and ha- hacking off arms seems like a pretty specific way yeah but then there was that whole that the exchange between them whenever that occurred that maybe that didn't happen with every other you know prostitute they picked up and beat half to death or whatever yeah I mean, or completely to death or whatever the case might be well and if they were in but, this like remote situation and he's not ever really been that you know Maybe that out far out. Maybe there are bodies. There are bodies yeah. out in the middle of the desert that we don't even know about. Right. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. and maybe it's just he didn't quite plan it out the way that he normally did. And well, she was really lucky and, and really she, smart. She also acknowledged that she pretended to be dead and he treated her as if she was dead, like throwing her down the ravine and whatnot. Like, yeah. I like just the fact that he was so prepared. He wasn't apparent, like apparently by her report wasn't panicking like that to me shows that he's probably done this before which is super disturbing yeah but right um, he he drove to the canyon Mm -hmm. i mean he knew Mm -hmm. what was gonna happen yeah exactly Mm -hmm. so yeah it's a little darker than what we normally do guys but i felt like this was this was a story that really just like grabbed my stomach Mm -hmm. and i just wanted to talk about it with you so especially since we had rachel here i thought she'd like it Yeah. yeah cool 
All right. Well, guys, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns about anything that you heard here tonight, definitely let us know either on social media, we're on Facebook and Instagram, um, or you can always email us at queencitycreeps at gmail.com. And as always, we hope you enjoyed it. Have a good night. Bye.